looking good because I had a new haircut, nice shaved, and I had a nice blood flow this morning with the uh, with my workout. So that's yeah. why I look so fresh. You do look fresh. No, I know. You it's said nice it haircut. before we turned the cameras on, and I'm just I was gonna laugh, but I'm like I'm gonna explain why I look so good today. It's good to look good. Yeah. Well, I told no, you. Oh, 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 I want to say that about my haircut. So <laughs> I had to give the guy a picture. <laughs> Swear to God. Yeah. So, so like show you had to show him a so picture show of what a picture of roughly what I want because I try to explain and it's like, come on, dude. But he's convenient, so that's why I go there. And anyways, so uh, he thinks he's done, and my eyebrows were kind of sticking out all over the place. And I usually do it myself. And yesterday, I said, "Hey, could you give the eyebrows a little trim, dude?" Like, come on. So he goes, "Yeah." And he took—I never seen it done like this before. But he took the. Clippers, is that what they're called? Yeah. And he went straight across my head like that, and I'm thinking, oh no. Yeah. I thought it was gonna. I thought he was giving me like a rookie party yeah. shave. <laughs> <laughs> so are they too thin? No, I didn't notice. Oh really? Okay. I didn't even notice it until you said. Now that you said it, it looks like you trimmed them. <laughs> but I didn't notice until you said it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So. so he was doing it. I was gonna punch him in the head. Oh yeah, you're nervous, eh? Wow, come on, like, like, because I've seen people usually do the scissors right i don't i i didn't mind as long as it doesn't I've never look even like seen i seen it happen before like i actually care about myself so, i just care that i don't look like an absolute idiot yeah you don't want to look like a scrub but i don't care so i got when i was a kid i got an eyebrow story accidentally yeah. shaved my own eyebrow oh nice because i got the italian eyebrows as you yeah. can see very yeah. dark yeah and so my eyelashes too if you see my eyelashes they're when i was a little kid i wanted, never to, I wanted to cut my eyelashes cuz they're oh, so long that's a good way to lose an eye i know so I remember asking my mom when I was like 10, mom, can you trim these? Because they would like, hit the lens of my sunglasses yeah. if I wore them. Anyways, went to do the same thing. Trim the old eyebrows myself. Did it with a razor when I was like 11. Yeah. Shaved like the ins- one of the insides, like shaved yeah. it right off. It's quite so. the look. When I was in midget, I was the underage guy. Like I played up. Mm-hmm. So the guys, and I was a top scorer. So they can't really say much. Like, and you're not even a rookie when you're in minor hockey. Right. But anyways, the boys were playing in a tournament in Ottawa, or the Hull International Tournament. Okay. And the boys ganged up on me. Like, they, they all picked me up, tied me to a bed, and they shaved my eyebrows. Really? Yeah. That's a weird look. That's scarring. No. You didn't I care. No, I didn't. Really? Care. No, I didn't care. Oh, I feel like that's that's an easy thing to scar you. No. 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 All right. No, I just laughed. Well, that's good. Well, either way, you look fresh. Looking yeah. good. Looking good for the podcast yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is episode 60, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's so good. we're getting up there. Yeah, it's Which good. is cool. Uh, I'm going to start. No, you're not. Oh, I'm not? Okay. I'm you, starting. Okay, you start. Because I, I, I'm so excited about... Uh, I'm, I, I, I Actually, I was so excited about this weekend, and then now I'm really pissed off. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm really, I was really excited because I was going Friday night, the boys play, and the boys are playing great. Ah! You know, hope they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing great, but they had a couple couple lows. That's what happens, right? They, yep. they had a couple games where they could have been maybe better or whatever. But I'm not cutting you up, boys. I love you. Um, they uh, they've been playing great. They got two more games on the weekend: Friday night, Saturday, coming home for Christmas. So I was so excited to go watch my kid play for a couple times. My brother was coming to a game. Um, so Friday, Saturday, they have a teddy bear toss after the game. Come home. My boy be coming home for like eight days, I think it was. Christmas eight break? Yeah. I'm so excited about that. But what ruined the weekend is COVID hit Erie. Mm. So the Friday night game's canceled. Yeah. Pissed me off. Yeah. I love watching these guys, man. I know. Well, yeah. not, it's not, not that I love watching. I love, the, I love that my son's involved in it now. And I just love, I think I feel like I'm part of the... Um, so you're crazy dad? No, 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 no. Not crazy. You're crazy no, dad? No, no. Are you admitting it? On no, live crazy. television here? 
No, I'll, I'll never <laughs> say that because because I love like it's my son's team, and I actually I've always cheered for my son's team. Yep. So I love watching them play. I love watching them succeed. I wa- love watching guys. Uh, you know, I see start, starting to see like for example McFarland getting a lot more offensive opportunities. He's bearing some, so his goals going up a little bit. That was that's nice to see. Uh, good to see the guys coming together. Um, it's just awesome. I just like watching them. It's my kid. I got four years to do this, maybe. Yep. Because after four years, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe that's he's right. going to be the uh, starting right winger for the Washington Capitals. I actually want him to be in Florida. That'd be better. Less, less taxes. Or he's going to be done, and he's going to be playing for the University of whatever. Or he's going to be done and working here or yep. doing something else. So I, I, I just I love watching it. I look for it every freaking game and. As you should. Yeah, and for sure. And I actually care about the kids, man. I, I love yeah. seeing them do it. And it'll well. go by quick, too, right? You don't realize it goes how by fast so, it's going. It goes by so quick. It's almost, he's almost done his first season, right? Halfway, Is it halfway almost. mark? Almost. Almost. When do the, when the playoffs are March? April. Oh, playoffs don't start well, till April. Well, the way this freaking COVID's going, it might start in June. Playoffs don't start till April. April really? 2nd. Yeah, I think because it okay. started later this year. Okay. And cool. then they got the COVID shit that they got <clears> to keep a track on. But anyways, so anyways... I'm so fired up. My wife is so excited um, because Charlie's got, we're, he's gonna come home, man. He's gonna hang out. Got some ice, like nothing crazy, but we got ice in the mornings for five of those days that he's home. Six, where he's gonna come out with a few of the guys that in the OHL. We're gonna skate in the morning, just keep the legs fresh. Not that I. It's not like I wanna. I'm not excited about skating, but it's just like we got that. We got that luxury in this in his life that we can get on the yeah. ice and use the gym, right? For sure. But uh, I'm just excited. You know, it's it, it's crazy. Like, him and I are like shit and shovel. They were so tight. And just this, the last three, four months with him being gone, that's like I've said it before. It's like you get like the face, what do you call it, FaceTime? Yeah, FaceTime face at night for, you know, if he's in the mood, if I'm in the mood or mom's in the mood, then we, we'll talk for 15 minutes and it's nice. Other times it's like five and I can see that he's annoyed. Yeah, yeah. I get it. And, or I'm annoyed. Uh, and, and, or you see after a game, like, so he's been asking, Hey, after the game, you want to just touch base. So I'm waiting with all the other dads now. And it's like, it's the worst, it's the worst meeting ever. It's just give him a hug and talk bullshit for five minutes and then see you later. Yep. But those are the increments of being a dad right now. So my wife is so excited of him just coming home and being around the house, yep. being around the baby, being around, just being the clown that he is and. Just uh, we're gonna really enjoy this week. Yeah, that's good. Man. I can't wait. That's good, man. Happy you know? for you guys. So over the weekend, I had a real nice criticism of myself. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm gonna get your back here. Well, whatever. No, but I wanna, I wanna. I was gonna read the exact thing, but I forgot to send it. <laughs> I forgot to send the picture to myself here. So I'm gonna give it. Give it a Coles notes. Yeah. So basically, <clears throat> there was a clip of you talking, and it wasn't about anything in particular. The person commented as if they were talking to you about me. Okay. And they said. Isn't the guy you're talking to, or wasn't the guy you're talking to a mediocre junior B player? Yeah. He talks like he could have played so much higher. Yeah. So that, which is a valid criticism, and to be fair yeah, to the guy. Yeah. He, so he, if you if you look up if you look me up and look up my hockey career. Yeah. I played. You'll see I played two and a half years in Chatham. Had a okay second year. And then I had a really good start to my third year. And then you see just average about a point a game yeah. after that. And then when I got recruited back to Windsor, played there, nothing very underwhelming by the numbers, basically. Yeah. So You mean for the U? For the U. Yeah, okay. So, um, and I only played a few years because then I was in school and, and stopped playing. Yeah. So, 
I'm not not to I want to get your thoughts on it in a second, but just to give a little bit more detail just about my playing career, just for the perspective that I'm coming from, because you can't see by if you just look me my name up on Google. Yeah. So when I was uh didn't get drafted, just quick Coles Notes version, didn't get drafted, signed halfway through my midget major year to a junior B team yep. after getting cut from all the junior B camps. So I went up, played some games my 16-year-old year. Seven, when I was 17, I played my full season. And then... You went to a skip, Spitfires camp. Right. So as I was going into my second year, I got a walk-on tryout with the Spits. Uh, went, played in the blue and white game or whatever you call yep. it. And then it was a, you can play in the exhibition game or you can not, but not guaranteed anything. So I didn't play in yep. ex exhibition games. And I decided I was going to try to go for a scholarship. Because yep. at the time I was getting some... Attention from Division One schools. Yeah. Went on a bunch of visits with D1 schools. Recruitment stuff was going pretty well. Then in my third year, I got traded. Circumstances don't really matter, but that's kind of where everything started to fall apart in terms, of the, in terms of the Division One schools. Yeah. And then I got recruited to... There was a couple um, youth sports universities that I could have went to, yeah. but just decided to come back home and finish up playing. Because um, it was at that point, I kind of realized I should make sure I'm taking school serious still keep playing and maybe I'll go play pro or something after. And then when I played university, just like any other U sports guy, you can go play pro after if you want to. So I could have done that. Uh, but I just decided to change and, and go to school. So all I'm going to say this and then throw this over to you is uh, if you're listening to this and you know that about me, you don't have to listen to me. Like there's no, you don't have to, there's a lot of people you can go listen to. There's a lot of people that are give, trying to give advice. I'm sure that you could find, um, I think I'm a good example of someone who didn't play hockey professionally, wanted to, but still did some of the right things around the game to make sure I was set up for life after hockey, which is going to be the majority of kids. Uh, additionally, on top of that, looking back as a kid that wanted to play at a higher level and didn't, I can recognize things that were both in my control and out of my control that affected my outcomes. And because I have an analytical type of mind, I like to look back and reflect on it and see what could I have done different. For example, in my, when that trade situation was happening my third year, I had an opportunity to go to BC and play in the BCHL. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it was a good league. Mm -hmm. And I just said no. So I had a coach from Vernon Vipers call me a couple of days before our trade deadline, ask me to go there. And I didn't know that it was that good and that it was way better and that it's it would have been a good move. Right? Didn't know that. So... Things like that, when I look back, there's changes I could have made, things I could have done different. And I'm just trying to share that perspective. I'm not saying at all that you have to listen to me or I know everything or whatever. And I, I really try, I think we both do, we really try to not come off like we're knowing everything, but just trying to share some perspective as yeah. a kid that wanted to play higher, didn't. And that's just kind of the yeah. the, uh, the path that I went through. So I don't know if you want yeah, to Yeah, no, I, I, I like this. It's a good question. Like, it like, is. Like, and it's valid. It's a valid yeah, it's criticism. Very, it's very easy to get. Uh, anytime any, any anything critical comes your way, it's easy to be all defensive and all yeah. uh, bent out of shape about it and maybe even self-conscious about it. You yeah. know, suck your thumb, all that shit. Yeah. But the, here's the reality. I'll just say for the person that asked about Eric, this is a gr real good, it's a good question. And and um, I, I here's the, here's the thing. Um, we, and this is going to cross over on something else. So we talk a lot of the times, you know, cause another, another comment you got in the, in the podcast or in the comment section was that a lot of, uh, you know, some, some guys are really fighting you on, uh, you don't have to have experience to be a coach. Right. Right. Yep. And, and I agree. Sorry, like, I was going to say that. And, too, we were, yeah. and, we, and we said this like several times, we qualified those things by saying you don't, 
not all the time do you have to be experienced to understand hockey or to be a good coach. We said that like several yeah. times, but some people like to choose to pull it out and just harp on something. Yeah, but yeah, but so obviously maybe those people are coaches that didn't play. Yeah, or but that's for okay. A fight, like whatever. it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. So so just to go back to that, a lot of the t- like I feel that in order to have a real good feel for the game, a real good feel for the game, like the ins and outs and stuff, I feel experience is better. Yep. To have played at a certain level. Like I I can I can only imagine what it's like coaching in the NHL or, or being a head coach at the in the OHL. Did I say OHL first? No. NHL or OHL or college. I can only imagine what that's like. And I'm not saying like because it's so awesome, but I'm I'm talking like the pressure, like the whole thing. You can only yep. imagine. Yep. Um but I can't imagine like it's I don't know because I've never done it. So that experience, I can't, I can't share. Right. I coached in the OHL, wasn't a head coach though, but I coached in the OHL, played in the OHL, but I ha- so I can have a real good relatability of what it's like to be in the OHL. So there are several coaches, like for example, in the OHL, Chris Lazary in um, Saginaw, he decided to be a coach and he immersed himself in coaching. So he got some experience in playing junior B, but he's like an excellent, excellent coach, like excellent coach. And, and a very well-respected coach. There's uh, John Cooper in the Tampa Bay Lightning. He didn't, he, you can't find good hockey stats on him, so he didn't play anywhere. How does this guy go from being a nothing hockey player to a good coach? Yep. Ken Hitchcock hasn't coached, or hasn't, wasn't a hockey player, but he's like super X and O's and stuff like that. So like, there's that. Tom Watt was another guy that played, or that coached in uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, wasn't a hockey player, was a teacher. Excellent, excellent hockey coach, coach in the NHL. And one more that I thought of was Roger Nielsen. He's got hockey clinics all over the place. He's a baseball coach. He wasn't a hockey. Yeah. So, first of all, so the one argument saying you, you, you don't have to play, that's very true. Yeah. But they're very special people to yeah. be able to take coaching a sport that you have no idea about and become excellent at it. Yeah, because when now, you haven't been there, right? Yeah, and yeah. youth hockey, whole different thing is like, it's like my brother Daryl. Was a, was a really good goalie uh, in hockey, signed with Washington Capitals. And uh, he, he it'll piss around boxing, but he coaches boxing and, and he's excellent. Like he's a great coach because he gets sports and he does a transfer. Things that he doesn't know, he can get right. people in. So I said that because one thing is there's some people that were saying like, um, they were kind of arguing the point that you don't have to have experience. And that's very true. But for the most part, experience is better. Yep. It just is what it is because yep. if I when playing in the OHL, like for my the reason my son has like a lot of a lot of things that he can transfer, he sees be, coming before they happen. The reason he's Not prepared for it, prepared yeah. is because we've talked so many times. And I told him when you go to camp, this is going to happen. When you play in a game, this is going to happen. When you get in this situation, this is going to happen. You know, and all these things to prepare him. A guy that never played in the OHL does not know that feeling when you're going on the ice and someone gives you a snarl and or you run someone, what is actually, actually going to happen? How guys feel and stuff like that. Does, yep. it, does that make sense? Yep. Is that convoluted? Nope. Okay. Good. So that's that. So the experience thing. So that kind of works with you in a, in a sense of what we're talking about. So first of all, for the, the person that asked the question, a lot of the times, like, so I'm, I'm just going to back up because Eric was a, a customer of mine. I've seen him grow up. So when, when Eric played hockey, was he the best hockey player in the whole world? Absolutely not. Was he good? Yes. Was he hard worker? Yes. He was really, really committed. That's what I can say. Really, really committed. Some guys make it. Like, I can say this for a fact. I was more talented than you. And maybe, I, and I worked hard, but I was not as committed as you were. Mm-hmm. So I made it because I was more talented 
and I practiced and all that stuff, but I wasn't I, I wasn't as committed as you. So sometimes guys make it to a higher level only because of talent, not because of commitment. Sometimes guys just don't make it, you know, despite of everything they try to do. They could be the hardest working guy. They could be do everything right, but it just doesn't add up to being uh, uh, to to getting you to yeah, where right you place, go. right time. Just like doesn't work. work. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't work. There's there's gaps or whatever. So that does not make someone that that the the, the important thing from your from your standpoint is that you were a committed hockey player, and I'll go into the quality of hockey player in a second. You're committed more than most guys I've ever seen, and and you you were through your hockey, through your university, and today. So the principles of being committed and learning and 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 uh, all those things that is is probably more beneficial than just being talented. Yep. So I would rather learn from someone like yourself, who is humble, by the way. When you say things, it's not because you're arrogant, and you're not trying to be a know-it-all. You're saying it from a perspective that, um, it's basically what it takes, how hard you have to work, because you've seen guys in here and all the guys that I train who don't have the commitment, and you see what happens. Unless, for example, like Zach Cassian, he's just super talented. He's just so and, good. And, yeah. You might look at him in the NHL. He's not that talented. No, no, he's super talented. Yeah. So no, it's almost like, <coughs> excuse me, it's almost like if you, if you, uh, your, your talent supersedes your commitment sometimes. And there's so many guys. Like uh, There's certain guys that are just going to make it anyways. And we, we talk about stuff like that. So that's number one. So this, the other side of it, is you can't look at someone's career, you can or you can't, it's up to you, but just the numbers don't add up sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Playing X amount of games, like if you look at my, in, in my stats and stuff like that, it doesn't say in your hockey stats that basically I missed a year because I had a broken ankle. Right. They don't write all the details to make you feel better about yourself. Like it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, who cares about that? Um, I was around for when, when you played. Or I was around when Eric played, and uh, here's here's the reality of it. He had, uh, especially when we just opened in here, you had half dozen schools, uh, D one schools, taking around on tours and talking to. That was that was there. Um, so that's well, why didn't you get one? Well, I was there when you also had that knee injury the year that you got traded. So in one year, when you had all those schools looking at you and you were excited about it, and I went, wow, those schools are good schools. You had some big schools talking to you and doing the tours and stuff like that. No one, no one talks about like the append, your appendix bursting, bursting and knocking you out for a little bit and then coming back and waiting for that trade that you wanted to get in a different situation. And then no one talks about when you, for what you did to your knee, but it was uh, significant yeah. enough to miss a significant amount of time. And no one talks about that kind of being your demise where mm-hmm. the schools are watching, watching, watching. And also, where is he? He's okay. He's, he's injured, not playing, injured again. And it's like people backed off. So was your, when you came back, were you as good as you were? I don't know. Who knows? It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. You may have been, you may not have been. It doesn't matter. But people are hot on people for a while and people are get cold on people for a while, right? Yep. So you got to strike when the iron's hot and maybe the iron wasn't hot anymore. Who knows? Yep. But anyways, you had a, it was really good. And um, uh, good enough or not, who knows? Who, who knows, man? Right. The bottom line is that you did everything you could to get there. You worked through some injuries and stuff like that. And... You went to the next level, so you get to the next level of of uh, uh, university, which is very good hockey, by the way. And if you look at those stats, well, you're probably the only guy in the team that actually took school full time. Yeah. You weren't taking <laughs> what was it? Yeah. What's a what's a shit course? 
Oh, like any of the kind of liberal arts Okay, you're not taking liberal arts where yeah, if you don't go, you can just steal matter. those from someone. Yeah. You took engineering and electrical engineering and computer engineering, and it's like stuff that, like, when someone designs a rocket, it has to be, there's no write an essay about it. It has to be exact. And I remember you talking about going through this because I see you. Speaking of commitment, so if anybody... This guy would come into my gym when he was doing placements and stuff like that. It didn't matter. He was working with me, for me. He was going to school, playing hockey, and everything else he could. And he would time manage his time so well. Got to the point where he was coming in before me at the gym, and I'm here early. So he was here at 5 o'clock working out, then taking a quick shower, doing his placements, going to school, and packing and doing some work, packing in days that are hours and hours and hours, into his schedule. That's commitment. And and that's what I want. That's the type of person I want teaching my kids because it's the same, or, or my students, because it's the same thing. Hockey, life, whatever, it's all the same thing. So when you took your commitment from when you just, when you wanted to be a hockey player, you took all those, made all those decisions to do the right things day after day after day, time after time, even when things weren't going your way, that's someone that I want to, I want to take advice from if I'm a kid. And then as you went on in school and stuff like that, like I don't think anybody could actually understand. Because remember, Dalton was in here going, "This guy is nuts." Because you'd get here in the morning and you'd eat properly, like you did everything properly. Plus, you'd run part of my business for me and school and all that. Stuff. And Dalton would be like, "This is I don't have that commitment." You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you just took that and put that in hockey, it's great. So last thing, you play you you applied all the principles, the right principles when you played, and you still do you apply those principles of life. And that's what you want on hockey. You want to have all the habits, all the principles. That's what we do it for is that when, when hockey's done, you can apply it in life and that's what you do. Uh, great coach and great teacher. So we've taken those principles because you become very relatable or not relatable. You become um, a very good guide for kids when it comes to hockey because you don't accept excuses. You never took them. You never gave them to yourself. You won't take them for kids. You know how to motivate them. You know how to tell, And you know how to teach. You know how to take a principle... And, you know, maybe, oh, we'll try it this way, try this to get the message across. So that's very important. That's but fine. anyways, those are the things. Is like, it's not so much, you can't talk like, you know, no, like, I've, I've listened to guys that play in the NHL. I asked them stuff. Like, remember on, uh, I was asking one of my defensemen, I'm not going to say his name, but we were on the ice one day, and I asked him something about a part. I said, why this, why this, every single time? And he goes, I don't know. No yeah. idea. So that guy is not a good coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't study the game. Anyways, yeah. that's my thing on, uh, is that okay? Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that because I didn't plan for you to say any of that. So that, that, that's uh, that's great. But And the point, of, like, I want to emphasize the point of saying that is not to just blow smoke and say how great I am. No, no. Or anything like that. Because the bottom line is, but I, I didn't make it. So you don't have to listen to me if you don't want to. But it's trying to relay those points to give kids the best chance at, you know, not repeating mistakes that I made or avoiding situations that I make. Cause there were things, like I said, that were not in my control that I could have actually navigated around had I known different at the time. Yeah. So things that turned out to be out of my control, maybe I was in that situation in the first place because I made a mistake earlier or something. And when I look back on it, it's like, okay, if I would have not done that, or if I would have yeah. chose to do that instead, then I would yeah. have avoided that whole situation or whatever it was. Yeah. So exactly what you said is they're just trying to relay points to kids so that they can do better than I did Number one, and to get, like you said, some principles where when they don't become hockey players, because most won't, they'll be able to make a lateral move to something and be ready and have skills to do that. Yep. And that's the perspective I'm coming from. And, and 
that is going to be the criticism, like that exact comment. This is why I want to talk about it. That's going to be the criticism of me till the podcast is over at whatever point that okay, is. Okay, but you got to look at it also. It's like when Don Cherry sp- speaks, some people love him, and I think he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Like, not an Yeah, I do. I, I know what you idiot. mean. Yeah, you don't care I, for I, what I he has to say. To Elliot Friedman or someone like that talking Hockey Night in Canada, and I know that they're media people. Mm-hmm. And when they talk like they actually know something about hockey, I go, please shut up. Yeah. Please shut up. But what their job is is to give information. Yep. And to get the, the pot stirring. Right. Right. And then when I, sometimes I'll listen to an NHL coach speak, and I go, "Are you you're, are you serious? You're not too bright." Yeah. But they're bright, and and, and you know so, some things for some people, some for another. But yeah. like, listen, if you get there's certain levels of hockey you get to, and it's 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 uh, like how do I say this? You might look at a guy like uh, Warren Reichel, okay, a friend of mine. He was uh, won a Stanley Cup in the NHL. If you looked at his stats just if you went look look somewhere at his stats you'd say oh he was just a goon he'll get 10 12 15 goals in a in a year on a good year 200 300 minutes and penalties. he's just a goon what does he know about hockey well the guy knows hockey inside out and backwards so mm-hmm. to look at a piece of paper to say well uh, he's not much of a career listen man to get to the nhl you play one game in the nhl you know your hockey or you're you're incredibly good and one of the toughest things anybody's going to do is to make $1 in hockey. I don't care what level it is. You come out and make a dollar in hockey, playing hockey, you're probably somewhat pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know you're good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's easy to – it's easy to. but I get it. Like, I get the question. And I, I feel the same way. Like, sometimes when I speak, it's like I, I know that someone could say, well, you didn't play in the NHL. What do you know? Well, it's the same thing. It's the principles. It's the things I did well, the things I did not so well that I could have done better. Yeah, for sure. The things I didn't understand that, that killed me. Yeah. Um, but I've got the respect of so many, right? Yeah. So many players that I don't have to, you know, justify yeah, how exactly. I speak. And I'm just given like my perception, right? Um, anyways, that's that. So Yeah, no, and I think that that's exactly what I'm getting across to. It's like, and some people, it's like when I listen to podcasts, too, some people just their voice is like, meh, I don't, yeah. I don't, doesn't hit doesn't sink in with me and that's yeah. fine like if we're not you don't have to please everybody whatever but if you think the information is valuable it shouldn't necessarily matter what you think of my personal story yeah. because you, you're not going to know it anyways yeah. just by looking you're not going to know what the yeah. story is you know some so, people just love to be critical and that's i'm yeah, not saying this person is right. at all well it came, but some people is, just love to just find something and just eh, what do you know the, the reason i addressed it is because it, this person didn't come across as okay. being a dick like he didn't come across as trying to throw a chirp or right. take a subtle jab or cause shit yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It actually came across like pretty genuine, whether it was or not, I don't know. It was just a yeah. comment, but I was like, okay, like that's a good point of criticism. Good to discuss it. Good to good. So, so that's, uh, that's that. But speaking of our advice, <laughs> I'm going to go to the next question we got that I wanted to touch on quick. Um, somebody was asking me, we've put up a bunch of, uh, videos recently about coaching stuff and coaching communication. Cause the episode we did a couple weeks ago was about coaching right. communication and, a parent asked, and it was too difficult to answer in the comments, so I wanted to get your, and I wanted you to be the one to answer it too, is uh, he's asking, we've talked about it before, but as a parent, when do you step in if you think your kid is in a negative situation? So it was a very general comment, but he's, uh, this person said, my kid has uh, really bad coaching and he's feeling a little bit discouraged or kind of losing the love of hockey because of his coach. 
at what point is it appropriate for the parent to step in? And that was all the detail that I got on it. So I know we yeah. can go a couple of different ways. Yeah, but I, I guess I guess the question would be like Charlie was in a couple of negative situations, not negative, but situations where he wanted to get addressed, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, depending on the age, but you got to get as much information as you can from your your child. You just don't want him to be like poopy pants and just doesn't 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 like certain things about certain things. You it's got to you got to find out if it's actual or real problem. Um, as an adult, this is what I always did with Charlie. I said, if I found out the information and then asked him if he was comfortable talking to the coach about it, I'll go in with you. And to me, that's the answer. Yep. If, uh, you know, you could set up the call for your son or whatever, or have the son do it, but find out the information and have a conversation with your coach, with which your son do most of the speaking. Mm-hmm. If your son's not capable of doing that, then you just have a normal conversation with your coach. I don't think, like... Here's the thing, right? It's how you go into, um, there's always two sides to a story, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but as there's, and there is two sides to stories. One perception, there's three sides. Someone's perception, someone else's perception, and the actual truth. Mm-hmm. So a kid could be relaying messages the wrong way. They'd be taking things the wrong way. Um, or they could mm-hmm. be totally right, whatever. But if you go in there and talk to the coach, like, first of all, don't look at talking to the coaches like, oh my God, I'm doing the worst thing in the world. First of all, you're the parent you need to protect your kids at all costs, right? To um, I'm not saying bubble wrap your kids, but you got to make sure there's not bad things happening. So find the issue, make make an appointment or make a meeting. Uh, in person is always the best, in my opinion. If the coach doesn't want to, that's that's an issue there in itself. But talk to them just like humans. Don't go accusing. You know, the, that's one of the worst things you can do is start pointing the fingers and realizing that the message was lost. To have a normal conversation with your son and just let people know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And the, and the best thing is is let your son do it, and I could say that's the best thing because I did I did that to my son twice when he was having issues not issues not issues, coaches were putting him in, a coach was putting him in a situation where um, he just gave him a choice and but he was giving him a choice but saying but I'd like you to do this so the coach was being passive aggressive on what he would really like and but he gave my son a choice and he was conflicted about it so I said well let's my wife and I. Sat him down. Let's talk about. It. We talked about. It. It's okay. Make a. If you're going to do it, I'll go in with you. We can talk to your coaches. So we were sat there, and there was four or five coaches sitting there, and he did it with a set of balls on him, and uh, the coaches looked at him and went, "You can come in this office and talk like that, like uh, no problem, kid." So he's done that a couple of times. The good thing about it is that my son's learned how to communicate, stand up for himself a little bit. He had dad to there to back him up. Yep. Right to wing chung people if they got <laughs> out of hand. Um, <laughs> And uh, the other thing is, is this is carried, he's not afraid to go and talk to the coach if he had to. Right. It's never like, it's never a, 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 a shouting match or a pissed, a screw you match. It's just going, let's have a conversation. It's an adult thing to do and we should always be able to do it. So yes, help your kid out, man. Yeah. 100%. Don't let them get there. Your kid's not a punching bag. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people, like seriously, I've heard this so many times with parents and it's like, God, don't stop being a parent. A lot of people don't want to rock the boat, they say. You know, I don't want to get on the coach's bad side. I don't want the politics of hockey to to ruin my kid's chances. I don't want to rock the boat. I'm like, but that's your kid. Right. You're not rocking a boat, and this guy's not going to ruin anyone's life. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I heard this. Yep. Protect your kid. Yeah, so I I just want to clarify a little bit because people are, what you're saying, basically the situation you're speaking to is, when it's something like, let's say, ice time, or let's say, opportunity, or let's say, 
a solvable problem where you're kid maybe feels like he doesn't know what's yeah. going on or he's mentally that's the kind of situation or you're, you're talking both about. confused right so if that's the situation yeah then it's appropriate you can go have a conversation you can go have a conversation with the coach yeah and it's not what i want to emphasize on that it's not a us versus you conversation nope. it's just uh we're talking about what's going on just so we're all clear on what what is ex- what the expectations are what the situation is and so you can walk out of the conversation thinking, okay, like now we understand where the coach is coming from. We know what we need to do to get in a better situation, whatever. Yeah. What I want to be clear on, because we've talked about this before, is the mom and dad calling the coach every time there's a problem, yeah. agent calling the coach every time there's a problem, and whatever. So you need to have like some common sense about what the situation is, and is it appropriate to talk? Because for most of the time, what we say is, you want your kid to go handle the situation, if yeah. they can. Yep. If it's something that's not appropriate, then obviously mom and dad need to step in. If it's something dangerous or incredibly damaging or negative, then you probably should just look at going somewhere else anyways. But that would be in a a time where mom and dad have to step in now because like you said, you want to protect your kid. But for the most part, it's a pretty pretty fine line between you're being over-involved mom and dad and you're helping your kid to deal with the situation. Because that's a lot of youth sports. A lot of youth sports is learning that kind of thing, like how to deal with when you feel like you're being treated unfair or you're unclear about what's going on in a certain situation. So I just want to make that clear. There's a a line between it's too much, you're over-involved, that sweet spot of, okay, mom and dad help a little bit, try to get our kid to do most of the talking and work his own problems out, and then other end where you're not getting involved at all when you should be. So there's three different categories of situations there and we're kind of talking about, and I'm assuming the comment was this kind of middle ground where he said, my kid's kind of losing the love for the game or whatever. So that seems to be an appropriate time where, okay, help your kid solve the problem. But it still seems to me like the kid should be going and doing, you know, yep. the problem solving and you're kind of there for support. It didn't seem by the comment that he's talking about a dangerously negative situation, which obviously you need to be more yep. involved in that. And it also didn't come across as they're over-involved where they're going to talk about every little thing because mm-hmm. that's that's not good either, right? So that's that's my two cents on that. That's all I wanted to say uh, to add to what you were pointing out there. Yeah, yeah. there's a fine line with talking to coaches, but I think parents <clears throat> should talk with their kids first, then go see your coaches. But let the kids sure. do as much as they possibly can. Yeah, that's, okay. That's that's another thing too. Is it doesn't have to go zero to 100 either. Like it should be... It should be some increments to problem solve, you know, so you want to use kind of the minimum effective dose, yeah. uh, dose method where it's okay. Kid is identifying a problem. Okay. Kid yeah. try to solve the problem. Okay. Parents and kid try to solve the problem. Parents and kid talk to the yeah. coach to try yeah. to solve the problem. Parents step in to try to like, so there's a spectrum. It doesn't have to be, you never say anything. And then all of a sudden you're going in and screaming at the coach about whatever situation, right? Yeah, so it's, it's not the most effective way. No. So you have to have some common sense, obviously with how you're dealing about it or dealing with it. So without knowing the circumstances that's kind of the guidance i would say too so yeah that's that yeah so that's interesting yeah start start the topic for today or what um well no i want more one more thing okay go ahead nhl and the olympics oh yeah yeah we were talking about this yeah so like this is what this is unbelievable like people just like the media just eh, they love a good story right <laughs> they just love to massage something to make it whatever but on the other side the the players can't just be just just don't say what they need to say. Yeah. So the big debate now is like, are we gonna get to the Olympic Games? The NHL gonna get to the Olympic Games? And you know, so the the thing I guess in the last couple of days is that if you if there's a if anyone actually tests test positive for COVID, 
then you have to stay in China in a hotel room for five, three to five weeks. That's the protocol that they have. Yeah. Okay. So then they're asking, you know, asking all the players, how do you feel about it? It's like, okay, I'll answer the question for all the NHL players. Okay. I'll answer it for you. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We we got the guys saying, you know, I don't have all the facts. Um, all the yeah, just skating around, around all the bullshit. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't want to go to China to play in the Olympics if there's a chance that you have to stay in a hotel room. I don't want to stay in my house or in my yard or in house to to, to the business and back for five weeks if that's the only thing I do, yeah. let alone stay in a hotel. And you're going to just tell me you're going to stay in a hotel and your team's playing back home and you're going to watch and, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, the answer is no, we don't want to go. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Right? Yep. So my second point of that is I don't even like the NHL. I know people always look at me and go, come on, what don't you like about it? I don't like it when the NHL guys go to the Olympics anyways. Mm-hmm. Now, is it good hockey? Yeah. But this is why I don't like it. Or this is what the other reason why I don't care if the NHL goes to the Olympics ever. <laughs> the other the other sports, I get. But in the Olympics, for hockey... I don't know one person in the history of my life. I'm 53 years old, shortly. 53 years old. Been around hockey my whole life. I've never seen one person, one, have a dream growing up saying, I want to play for the Olympic team. Not one. Yeah. You you know anyone? No. All I want to do in hockey is I want to make the Olympic team. No. Every guy that plays hockey wants to play in the National Hockey League. That's where their number one priority is. Going to the Olympics is a, is a, a cherry on the... Yeah, it's cherry on top. Yeah. Cherry on top. That's good. Makes you feel it. good. It makes you like feel special. Yeah. It's a nice experience. It's it's good things, but it does it's not your dream and it's not something that like my friend Dave Steen, who won a bronze medal in the decathlon, he wanted to be in the Olympics. Yeah. He sacrificed his life making minimum money. He was the second highest paid athlete by Nike in the eighties, outside of Wayne Gretzky. And he said it was fourteen or twelve thousand dollars a year. Gretzky got all the money. Yeah. But anyways, he sacrificed. I know what he did. That guy had an Olympic dream. His son just went to the Olympics as a wrestler. He's been, you know, scraping by financially. He wanted to get to the Olympics. That's someone that, yeah, I'm going to go to the Olympics. And then if I have to stay in a hotel for five weeks, I've done I've, I've done my dream. Yeah. But you're telling me Sidney Crosby, Drew, whoever the freaking guys are, yeah. they're sitting there like, no, I want, I want to go to the Olympics. This is the most important thing. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. And and the Olympics used to be, like, way before you probably even noticed, the Olympics were not for professional. Yeah, I remember Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. When the U.S. beat the Soviets. Yeah, that's all, right. All college all, kids. It was all yeah. the same with the Canadians. Like it would yeah. be guys like that would get called up and play on the Olympic team, and yeah. it was a last minute thing almost. No, not really. They had an Olympic team, but it was like it was. Well, just sell. It sells more when you have the it, NHL and they guys. They played on right? the Olympic team because they couldn't play in the NHL at the time. Yeah, that's or right. it was a it was a development program. Yeah. So it's just like ah. And yeah. then the other side of it is I don't know how good it is. I don't know one thing. Like I understand the the National Hockey League says that it is a good way to promote their game throughout the world. I don't understand that. I don't see how that's such a great benefit. Uh, but whatever, let's say it is. But if other than that, I don't understand one reason how it benefits the NHL. Well, like, is, like a player goes over there. Yeah. If a player goes over there, I think Tavares did it the last time. He went into the World Cup or that, and if you break your uh, break your finger, 
when you're out for three weeks when you come home. Is that a benefit? I don't get it. Well, I think your 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 debate. You like obviously you're taking the player perspective, and from the NHL perspective, like the business perspective, it is beneficial because if you think about for the NBA, like China's their biggest market. Right, so if you yeah. can expand, if you can expand the NHL to be popular in some of those other big markets over there, yeah, 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 I get that. Then that's the consideration. That's yeah. why, like Gary Bettman's thinking of that. He's not yeah. thinking of Tavares breaking his finger. No, no, right? no, 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 I get that. So, so I understand why they want to do it for as for entertainment value. Yeah, it's more fun to watch when the best players are playing. Obviously, yeah. like I was it last the last Olympics that the NHL guys didn't play. I didn't watch one I game. I think so. I didn't I watch know. one game. Which I probably would have if yeah. I knew Crosby was playing, because it ends up being states, Canada, Russia, S- Finland, Finland, Sweden. Sweden. Those are the. They might get a shocker here. Yeah, right. Czech or something. Whereas if those guys don't play, now it's it's a little bit more of a yeah. spread. Whereas some of those other countries now are yeah. actually competitive. And you so, might get Uganda that wins the Olympic gold. Yeah, battle. literally, right. So if you're watching for that reason, then you're going to want the NHL guys to go because it's more fun to watch. And yeah. you know, it's probably going to be Canada States, Canada, Russia, US, Russia in the finals, whatever. But from the player perspective, I agree with, with everything you're saying. They don't yeah. care about playing in the Olympics. It's nice to well, play in the Olympics. Well, they say they do. I, it's just, it's weird. You, okay, but you care qualify. You care after you're in the NHL now. Because like you said, it's a nice ex-ante goo on yeah. your career. You know, yeah. you get a gold medal at the Olympics, sick. You get yeah. to go represent Canada. Wasn't Sweet. your dream in life though? Yeah, that wasn't the most important thing. Your if you play in the NHL is... and never play in the Olympics, you yeah. you're still totally satisfied. Yeah. You know? Yeah, your, so. your dream is the the 35 pound in Canada. Yeah. Well, so. I said that to a lot of the kids like cuz people want as much as they can, right? Like if someone like Charlie was asked to what was it? be like brought up to signed somewhere else, like before he got drafted play on his team and sign either junior B whatever it was but the COVID thing had he's had always those ch- chances to play up a year and and uh, when when people asked me I said listen man this is his team right here that's his team that's who I want that's who I, and I did say Jerry focus on that team so because the last thing you want to do is walk up to this team play good, come back here and start looking at guys like, eh, you know, just be that guy. Now, listen, if he wants to play on the world juniors, under 17, under 18, all that stuff, of course. And I, I hope he can. But, you know, what I keep getting in his head is I said, you'd be the best Guelph Storm. Don't worry about the other shit. Go and, go and be the best player on the Guelph Storm that they could that they could ask for. And, and focus your time and energy and just dial it in, right? Just dial it in. And, and be the best, and there's no distractions. This is your number one main focus, and this number one main focus is so that you can launch yourself to the next level. Yeah. Don't get distracted, man. All the, all the other noise, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just always people's opinion and stuff anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and it's good. He's got three, four years to do that. Mm-hmm. Draft year in two years? Three. Three? 2023? What is it, 2021 right now? Yeah, 2023. So he's, got a, he's three years before his draft. So, so this next year, the next year. Yep. So 2024 yeah. draft. Yeah, well, so we, we're going to talk about that little late birthday, right? Ah, like my segue? <laughs> yeah. Not bad, yeah. eh? Late birthday. Yeah. So he's born, he was his birthday last week, right? Was it last week? December 6th. December 6th? Yep. And then Zugi on his, yep. his line mate, Zugi just turned, uh, he's a, the first round import that they had. And he just that turned. kid can shoot a puck, by the way. Far down, man. Every, every time. goal I've seen him score. Every time. Awesome, Shoot, man. Awesome shot. Yeah, he's Great. good. 
But yeah, the late birthday. So it was interesting because last week it was funny. It's, most people look at it at the beginning or early stages or by research as a negative, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because it's it's uh, there could be, obviously. So like some of the things that you look at when someone's a late birthday is obviously. And, and well, if you read the book... Uh, um, outliers. Outliers. Like it, it, it's... Draws it out pretty good. Like it, it, basically, most people in sports are born in the first three, four months of the year. Most people that succeed in things are born in certain times of the year, according to their sport or whatever it is. And uh, there's an advantage. Well, why is there an advantage? There's an advantage because you know, especially in the early years, you're uh, like so. Charlie, when he was when he started playing hockey at se- five, six, and seven. Well, while the guys were turning five, he was just, he, while the guys were turning six, he just turned five. Yeah. And it was at like a year behind in development. That's uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, all those different things, right? So you would think, okay, so you're way behind. And in a lot of cases, that would be true because you would be, you know, you're just weaker. But, you know, there's a big difference between a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old. And you can see it in the gym, right? When yeah. a kid goes from Bantam to Midget. Especially for boys, Bantam, yeah. Man, it doesn't look like different humans. Yep. So that one year could be a huge thing. So uh, so then what are you actually doing? You're probably, most likely if you're a late birthday, you're probably struggling to keep up with the, the, the kids that are born in January, February. Like probably. Uh, you're, you, you know, it's not, not coming as easy. You're just developmentally possibly behind. Um, socially. You know, you're, you, they've just been around yep. like like a lot longer, yeah. even in a, in a short period of time, right? So those are the things that look like as struggles. But I I kind of liked it because with with when he was growing up, he was athletic because we did just a lot of things together. So, anyways, for him, it was beneficial to be late because he had to he had some natural uh, natural he had some skill because we played a lot of sports and running and stuff. So when he went and played, it was he wasn't behind. Wasn't behind, but this is the beautiful thing about being a late boom or a late birthday. Wasn't behind, but he wasn't always the best. Right. He had to work. Do you know what I mean? For sure. So no matter what, so that's what I like about the late bloomer or the late bloomers. I'm talking about that too. The late birthday kids is that there's always a little bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was the same because I'm a late birthday too. I'm in November, yeah. and. Uh, I remember having that conversation with my parents too, a lot of times, because I was a late birthday. I remember my my dad always saying it too, when I was a kid and not really understanding what like what that meant. Like him saying, "Well, I mean, you're born in November. Like some of these kids are a year older than you." Yeah. And I'd be like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, like we're all mean? born in '94. Yeah. What do you mean?" Yeah. And I didn't understand. Like I didn't map it onto myself how it's like. Oh, some of these kids have five, six, seven, eight months of development on me. Yeah. And when you're a kid, like think of a well, you got. Avery's baby, like wait till she's one. Like yeah. when she's one, that's a lot different than when she's out of the shoot, you know, yeah. that one year. And, yeah. and when you're up until you're finished going through puberty, like yeah. you're changing a lot yeah. year to year. And that's why we always say when you're scouting kids or when you're looking at kids coming up through AAA, you can't tell like who's good because everyone's changing so fast. Like the guy who was best when I was nine didn't even play hockey anymore when we were 13. Yeah. And he's by far the best, not even close, yeah. by far the best. And yeah. he didn't play anymore when we were 13. Yeah. And things are changing so fast. So, but I remember that exact situation for myself being late and it was exactly that is that a little bit of that struggle. And that's probably why we were talking before that, that having to grind type of idea. Yeah. 
because I had that too. That's probably why I ended up having a little bit of grit or a little bit of uh, jam because you have to battle. You know, you have yeah, to battle just, a lot. You're never... You're not going to be the biggest guy. No. You're probably not going to be the strongest guy. No. You, you, so you have to fight for every inch. Yeah. And so. that's those are some of the struggles, right? It can... When you're... So this... I guess I wanted to say this for kids that... So I was looking at my son when he had his birthday and I went, geez, he's... When you really think about it, he's a young kid. So it can be really hard. So I was thinking about this because... There's a lot of kids out there that are late birthdays and late bloomers. And, you know, as parents maybe don't even realize how much of a gap it is. But the thing is, is that I want you to make sure that you don't quit on yourself because you're not necessarily the best guy or the strongest guy. Or, you know, maybe some all your team at a certain level has hair in your nuts and you didn't get them yet. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not, it's, it's not much of a, of a difference, I, but some of those things are like actually benefits to you later on. Right. It's going to be hard at times, but I, I encourage you to stick to it and battle through because that battle that you have when it's hard, when everything evens out. Right. So like, kid that is born in god i've seen this so many times the kid that's born early in the year who's physically mature early and is the best player growing up the, the, that's it's kind of cool but the worst it's almost one of the worst curses to have because you grow up and it's just easy and you actually think you're better than what you actually are mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that they don't work hard but what i'm saying is they 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 might not have to work hard and then because they're just bigger, stronger. And then what do they, it's like what I talked about fighters versus like a real fighter. Like a guy can be a really good superior athlete, but is he a fighter? And when Mike Tyson loses fights to inferior opponents, because it's because they fight, he's just a, a, a superior athlete that got, a wilt. Mm-hmm. And what happens is if you're just gifted and you're bigger and you're stronger and everything comes easy, eventually January 1st and December's 27th birthday, easy, easy. But this guy's scrapping along, scrap along. Eventually they are going to be roughly the same size, the same maturity, the same amount of hair on their nuts. The, you know, all that stuff comes. The difference now is this guy's a scrapper. And I'm not saying this guy can't be, but it's like the That's run the danger. Yeah. It's the, but it's but it's more more than likely because yeah. it's easy to like the run to the litter, right? You have to fight. Mm-hmm. So at some point, this guy has been used to never getting his way, fighting through everything all the time, and like it's always been a grind. Everything's a grind. Nothing's ever easy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when he catches up, the talent if it's there, plus that extreme hard work and the fight. That guy wins. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah. And I'm going to add on to that, especially today. We were talking about this yesterday. There's not a lot of fight. There's not a lot of fight anymore. There wasn't a lot. When I played, there, I feel like there was more. And when you played, there was even more. Yeah. Now, if you, it feels when you watch, it feels like there's not a lot. And if you have some of it, even a, even a touch, even just a little bit of battle in, with you, with how you play, or just as a person, you it seems to me, at least, that you'll have a big advantage 
because you're willing to do that. So if you can hang on, if you can just, <laughs> and obviously I want to qualify, obviously there's exceptions, there's overlap, there's yeah. the kid born in December that doesn't battle. And there's the guy born in January that does battle. An and yeah. uh, there's all that, all of that's true, obviously. But on average, the reason a book like Outliers can be written is because on average, yeah. there's patterns that we can see yeah. and there's patterns that we can identify. And if you can hang on enough as a kid that's late, that's a good, it's a, a good motivator, especially for mom and dad to relate to your kid. Cause I, like I said, I remember my dad telling me that just like, you're late, man. Like you just got to keep working, keep working. You'll catch up. That kind of thing is going to be something that could be useful. So you don't feel discouraged. If the kid that's born in January with a beard, when you're 13, you're not still with your girl voice, you yeah. know? And you're like, well, I can't, how, how do I beat this guy? And you'll beat him one day. One yeah. day you'll beat him. Yeah, one day. You know? Yeah. So it's, you just got to keep working. Yeah. So speaking of that, and I would agree a lot of the times that it, the guy that has a little bit of bite to him now sticks out like a sore thumb. Like I, I agree. Yeah. It's it's weird to me to watch games where guys, it's not even a thought to get physical. Like it's 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 amazing. But one guy that sticks out in mind, I'm not going to say his name, but a guy that I trained for a long time, was a really high pick, and I've been able to watch him four or five times now, and I'm saying wow. And I'm going to say this early birthday. It's a guy that had everything easy. So he was a talented kid, but when he didn't like a team, he'd move. Didn't like a team, he'd move. Did that five times. Mm. Eventually played on a really good team. So it was the easy, you know, easy draft year. It's drafted really high, but I watch and it's like, wow, where is your bite? But I'll tell you where it is. It was back in Adam and Pee Wee when dad didn't like it when you weren't winning games. And you didn't like it because it wasn't going your way and you were able to pluck and get leave, go to something easier and go to something easier and go to something easier till it was the way you wanted it. Mm-hmm. But that's just not how it is because there's some hungry dogs out there. Yeah. And I see it like it's glaring to me that there's a lot of talent, but there's zero bite. And uh, yeah. and you know what's funny is I, cause I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I remember when that kid was a kid, yeah. he had bite. He had jam. Yeah, but dad can take it right out of you. I know. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So you keep taking the path of least resistance all the time. Yeah. And that, that is what the danger is. Again, qualify. There's guys that can do that and they have bite, whatever. Yeah. But I'm saying if you keep taking that path where you never have to battle for anything, this is how you end up with the, the reputation of like the Toronto kids where it's like, they got this guy complaining about this, this agent calls for this. They're soft. They don't want to battle. They're entitled. They have this attitude like they're, they're the best thing since sliced bread and all that kind of shit. This is how you get that kind of reputation because you keep going easy. Keep going yeah. easy. Keep going easy. Then yeah. as soon as you're hit with one thing that's hard, as soon as your coach makes you miss a shift, as soon as you get scratched for a game, as soon as somebody rocks you in the corner for the first time, you're just like, don't know how to deal with it. Yep. You know? So, yeah. and again, like lots it. of exceptions, but that, that guy that you're, you're talking about, that's a really good example because I thought this, I said it to you. After I watched him a couple of times, I was like, man, have you seen this kid play yet? And you said yeah. you hadn't yet this year. I was well, like, I watched very, a little bit. But yeah, I was like very to. underwhelming. Yeah. Like what the expectation I had was way, way, way higher, you know? So. Yeah, man. It's so true. Like it's just a saying, but it's so true, right? Like your character is revealed in tough times. Your, your, character is reve- your character is revealed when things aren't going your way. That's who your true self is. And uh, your job as a hockey player is... Um, I always say this, the better hockey player you are, the better you the, you make the guys around you. It's not vice versa. No one's job is to make you look good if you want to be in the, uh, an NHLer. Yep. You have to take it upon yourself and make the people around you better. 
sorry, not to go off topic again, but just pulling back to the, the coaching thing, what we talked about earlier, when, when does, when does mom and dad step in? Yeah. This is kind of a point that I was trying to make before it ties into this yeah. is just yeah. let your kid battle the adversity. Yep. You know, if it's something you need to know where to draw the line, obviously, but let them battle it, let them yeah. fight it, let them Being have to figure it out. Being on a team is not adversity. Right. That's not adversity. Yeah. Wanting to be on a better team is not adversity. Mm-hmm. That's your suck. Yeah. Your little baby. Yeah. Is what you are. Yeah. Learn how to win with that, and learn how to pick your team ups. That's what. That's what I think. Well, because at the end of the day, we've talked about this before too. It doesn't matter. Like if you play on a bad team, play on a good team. Yeah. Either way, like you're gonna, you're either good enough or you're not, and you'll be found or you won't. You can yeah. try to move ten times to whatever team yeah. you want. It might work, but it might not. Yeah. It's not like it's consistent that it always works for everybody, no. you know? So, yeah. Well, the other thing with being a young guy, there's, there's, you know, it's a challenge, man. Like, actually, I'm going to do a cross reference here. I was just going to say that a lot of the times when you're at the um, late birthday, what happens is you miss out on a lot of development. You can, right? So, if you're like, let's say, you nine, you 10, and below or like the real beginning of youth hockey and there's the travel teams and stuff. And if you're the late birthday, there's a very, very good chance that you don't even make that team. Right. Right. Cause you're in a diaper and the other guy's not like mm-hmm. we don't take guys in diapers. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But basically that's the thing. Right. So what happens during the year is that your buddy, let's say it's you and me, I'm born in March. You're born in uh, November, December. Yeah. You're November, but let's yeah, just yeah. say December. I make the team and I'm a little bit better than you cause I'm nine months older. I think, uh, <laughs> Right, so I'm nine months older than you, and you don't get to play on the team. So now I get to go to practices. Like maybe it's one practice a week more. That's all. Maybe it's practice in a game plus a house league. So I'm on the ice three times, and you're on the ice once a week on the Sunday's house league day. Mm-hmm. Right? Who's going to be better at the end of the year? Most likely, you. I'm going to be better. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume that in U nine or U ten, whatever, a little bit of travel. If I get to be on the travel team and you get to play house league probably I'm going to have maybe not significantly, but a little bit better coaching. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some coaching. Right. I'm going to be playing with guys that can skate. You're going to be playing guys that aren't so good. So just by default, it's not, it's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's just because you're not getting the opportunities that I am as a young kid. So, because probably at seven or eight, you're not necessarily going, if you go on the outdoor rinks or you go um, practice, if you want to call it that, you're probably not doing it. You're doing it on your own. Because you just like to do it, but you're not doing it in a training purpose. So I'm benefiting more. So what happens is a lot of the times it's just by being born in the later part of the year, you just don't get the opportunities to skate, to skate with quality people. If you happen to get cut from the team, so there's a negative. There's that could be a bad thing, right? Yep. And uh, but so but speaking of that, is if you love it and you grind, I t- I took like late birthdays. Like a lot of people say that if you're late birthday, it's not a good thing, right? So just I threw a couple of names. I went and looked the other day. Patty Kane, Dustin Brown, Max Pacioretty, Taylor Hall, who I know, Gabriel Landeskog, Mike Hoffman, Thomas Hurdle, Elias Patterson, Marc-Andre Fleury are late birthday guys, all born in uh, November. December, TJ Oshie, Drew Doughty, Hedman, Tarasenko, Couturier, Fowler, Debrinket, Yanni Gord. I like that guy because that guy grinds. That's the epitome of a late bloomer um, and late birthday guy. Riley Sheehan, Matt Kachuk, Scrappy, McAvoy, and then the Tanev brothers, Brandon and Chris Tanev. So that's who I wanted to reference. They didn't play travel hockey, man. Wayne Simmons was like that. Didn't play travel hockey. Couldn't afford it. And um, 
if you watch the Tanev brothers, they got. Did they? No, they played tier two. They didn't get drafted in the OHL. They were getting, I think, last latest you possibly could, you could get a scholarship. So 20. And I think they yeah. didn't even know. I don't even know if they, they went did there. they play OJ? Where did they play? I think BC, OJ. Oh. I can't remember. I think both, actually. Yeah, I can find out. Keep but, talking. But, uh, but those are epitomes of what lack of opportunity and just the late birthday could be a real detriment. But these guys, like, just battled and battled, and they just played because they love it. And I don't really know. Like, I actually read a story on them, and it was incredible. I just It was a while back. Um, a couple of the guys like uh, Zach uh, talks about them a little bit. They're like just scrappy, scrappy, scrappy guys. But so yeah, my point to those guys is that if you watch, if you watch a, a Brandon and Chris Tanev play, it's relentless puck pursuit. It's it's blocking shots. It's like passion. It's like the epitome is of I'm born later in the year and I've got to fight, like fight through this and battle for everything I got, and. I'm a late bloomer to boot, so I have to fight even harder. Like every second of every shift, it's an absolute all-out all sprint. Yep. It's amazing to watch. And that's what the, the, that's what I'm saying is like, so if I'm going to put my money in a, in a battle, who do I want on my team? Someone that's, I'll take that late bloomer, that late birthday guy, because yep. I know that like, it's just, it, it's as innate. That he's gonna just give give you everything he's got. Everything's on the line. Yeah. So I just looked up uh, Brandon Tanev. So he's playing with Seattle. So he yeah. played uh, Toronto Nationals, then yeah. Mississauga Reps, which what would have been his draft year. Yeah. Played Markham Waxers in the OJ yeah. for a year. Okay. Then went and played Surrey Eagles in BC. Yeah. For a year, and then got a, a D1 to Providence College. Providence College. Okay, there it is. Then went. Actually, after. After college, he went straight shot. Straight, yeah, yeah straight. I went, know. So he was about under a point a game until his I know. all four years in NCAA. Yeah. Then went Jets uh, up and down with Manitoba yeah. for a season, and then he's been yeah. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, yeah, Seattle, scrappy. Yeah. Like it's it's nice. You can tell you look at these a guy like this, and I'm just looking at his stats here. So he's got a good spread of involvement in the game. So. What I mean by that is points, plus minus, and penalty minutes. Yeah. Right. So he's a uh, twenty, twenty points, twenty twenty to thirty points or so. Yeah. And then good amount of pims. Like so, yeah. his best year right now that I'm looking at is eighty games in 2019, 2018, yeah. 2019. 14 goals, fifteen assists, twenty nine points, forty one pims. That's good. Right. Plus nine. Yep. Just penalty there, kills. Just scrappy yeah. do. Yeah. Just scrappy scrappy do. awesome. Teammates love him. Yeah. Fans love him. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good. Ex- and December thirty first. So think of that. One day away from being born in nineteen ninety two. One day, couple hours away. Yeah. You know, and that. Yeah. And then he's a star. And then he's a star. Yeah. And he grows up being a star, and everything's easy. And maybe he's a different player. Yeah. Maybe not. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah, not. Maybe not. Maybe he's just a, he's a tiger. Well, but. so I'm just gonna qualify again because you know people always yell at me when I post videos. So it's not that this is the rule. Yeah. It's that it's just a pattern that you see. Yeah. You know, and if you can develop some of that. And and you know what? If you're a kid that's born early too, take the same advice, man. Like if you're born in January, know you're born in January, and you have a yep. bet. You have the benefit. And this is another message you can relay as mom and dad too. Yeah. If your kid is born January seventh, and they're the best kid on their AAA team when they're seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, keep in mind that they have that benefit yeah. of being developing faster. Yeah. Right. Or they have the, the it's coming sooner to them. Yeah. And you keep that in mind. Because then you can start to push some of these other buttons and be like, hey, 
these other guys are going to catch up to you at some point. So make sure you're still doing things the right way. So you don't run into that trap where you're, you know, have everything handed to you situation like we were talking about, you know? Yeah. It's, but I'll tell you, man, it's hard to, I, I, I know this from experience. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to actually explain this. People don't understand how hard it is to, to, to get there. And if you, it's hard to explain to a kid that there, it's going to be hard. Do you know what I mean? Especially when it's easy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But what do you mean it's going to be hard? They, they don't understand that. Yeah. So the, the, if you choose to be a hockey player, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever choose to do. I can... I can most likely. Yeah. Most likely, yeah. I, I mean, so it's like hard to teach someone that has talent um, and is like ahead of the curve and has size and all the things going for them that hockey's just, it's somewhat easy. Right. To, to, to a day where it's going to actually be hard. So to still know you need to work hard. Well, mm. to look at you, honestly, I've seen it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am working hard, but you don't, you know, you got to work hard like him and mm -hmm. they, they don't get it because he's not famous yet or he's not, he's not the stud yet. Right. But, well, I'm sorry. I want to cut in again. Um, going back to the start of the episode, we we're talking about myself and how I didn't make it, but I tried to do the right things and all that. And it's funny because I was bringing it up to my, to my, I brought it up to my parents the next day after I read the comment, I was just telling him, I was like, man, I got hit with like some good criticism on the weekend and I want to talk about it because it's, so we're talking about it and right away, mom, Nadia, mom, mom Nadia right away playing defense. Yeah. So she came, I think it was the next day or whatever. She came and she brought it up again. She's like, you know, X, Y, Z reason why this, I don't understand the comment of why someone would say that blah, 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 being mom. And I was like, yeah, but it's still valid because whatever but she brought up a good point and she was saying well i forget if i don't know if she made it made the point or me but we were talking about it and one of us said well like what advice are you going to listen to like are you going to listen to mcdavid so yeah so, good point you know like good are point. you gonna are you gonna take it mcdavid's advice you probably never had to worry about what he ate once when right. he was playing triple a because he yeah. was just so much better than yeah. everyone is that the guy you're gonna listen to or That's are you right. gonna listen to the kid that tried to get some other habits to fight through like we're talking about right now yeah. You know, and, and this kind of ties into that a little bit because you need to find whatever level you're at, you need to find ways to, to be, to scrap it out, to make it maybe a little more difficult than it needs to be. So when you get hit with, you're talking about how difficult it's going to be yeah. when you, if you're going to be a hockey player, yeah. you can t prepare yourself, you know, because if you try to follow the Taylor Hall track or the Ekblad track or the McDavid track, it's like, that's nobody, nobody is that, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I know these, I, I know a lot of these guys, right? And it's like, yeah, it's, I've said it, like, I'm not going to use the name because he's actually started listening, so I'm not going to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've had someone that was, was I would not consider him a hard worker. Mm -hmm. He thinks he's a hard worker. I know. He thinks he's a hard worker, but he's like the epitome of exactly what we were saying. He is super talented. Um, well, think about it. Super talented. Uh more than enough size, more than enough size. And he thinks he works hard, but it's like, no, that's not what you call work. But you know what? At 18 years old, he's making millions of dollars and doesn't even understand what it's like to to worry about having to pay a bill or not making it. Yeah. You know, and so think about this. Like this will go with the late bloomers, the late birthday guys. Use Charlie, for example. So he got drafted high to the Guelph Storm this year. Let's say him and Cam... On his team, 
the two high draft picks, mm-hmm. right? First and second round. So basically they signed in the summertime, like right away based on their talent and stuff. So my son goes into that camp signed and Cam goes into that camp signed. What is the real stress? Right. They yep. think they have stress or they think that they got to perform, but the reality is, is there's a leash that's pretty long. They're playing on the team for the most part, right? <coughs> what about the, so I give credit to that fifth round, but actually his name is Jake McRae. Yep. And is it Sandu on Charlie's team? Fifth and eighth, fifth and ninth round picks mm-hmm. who signed. I give those guys like Seabass. And, and, and McCray's another one. He's born in December. Yeah, and Seabass. Yeah, yeah, one of my guys, our guys. But the McCray kid. Yep. Or was it Sandu? No, Sandu. He was born December 12th. So a late birthday to boot and a fifth round pick. Yeah. And I said it right from the beginning of the camp. I said to my wife, I said, those two D, I like them a lot. I said, wow, they look really good. Mm-hmm. But so my son and Cam and even Chase for that matter went into the camp saying like if they screwed up, not the end of the world. Not that they thought that they they, they thought they had their pressure. Right? They got to live up to be in that high pick. Yeah. But these other guys just played their way on the team, and I'm like, that's that's a different mentality when you go to a when you go and you you're actually having to prove yourself. Yeah. Well, I want a different stress. Yeah, I want to give a another plug for Seabass, my boy here. Yeah. So we watched. Uh, we went up Friday because they played each other, Saginaw Guelph. Yep. And Seabass probably had the best game I've seen him have. They played very well. That was the first game I've seen where I'm like, he looks like he should yep. be right where he is right now. Yeah. And before, he had a little bit of that tentative, not sure, not confident, carrying the puck, those types of things. Yep. But this was the first game. And he had told me it before, but I hadn't watched him in a, in a bit. He's like, yeah, I'm feeling more confident. I'm feeling like I can hang on to the puck. I'm feeling like I can make a play, those types of things. And I'm not, Seabass doesn't play a rough and tough style game, but when I'm watching him now, he still has that element of scrappy because he's coming from a, he's a 12th round pick. This guy wasn't supposed to make the team. That's right. Wasn't supposed to make the team. That's right. So he had to battle to hang in there and he got some, he's, he's fortunate because in Saginaw, he got some good opportunity right off the hop, which not everybody gets, but he hung in there and he battled and he, he kept, he stayed in the lineup. He kept digging through whatever he had to dig through and there's some learning curves and all this kind of stuff that had to happen. But now I'm starting to see like, he looks like an OHL player now. Yeah. That was the first game I watched where I was like, okay, yep. looks good. Yep. Make some good plays. doesn't seem like he's nervous about holding on to the puck, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it looks like he so now, so now he looks like he's going to get confident and his skill level is going to start to match what he mentally feels yeah. on the ice. You'll be able to see it, yeah. but he also now has that grind. Yep. Because he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to be on the chopping block or not supposed yeah. to be there or be in the 12th rounder. Yeah. Or, and he's been humbled. Yeah. He's, he's been humbled already because yeah. he hasn't had that easy ride all the way 100%. up so far. So now, who's in a better position here? Is he? How many guys that were drafted first, second, third, fourth round that got great opportunity off the hop, is he going to start to pass because he's got a little bit of that, a little bit of grit? you know, because he's had to, he's had to deal with it and not even grit in terms of on the ice playing with grit. I'm not saying he doesn't have grit, but that's not the type I'm talking about. It's that mental grit. grit. You you have to battle, you know, you have to know, you know, you could lose your job and you're unsure. And that's what, that was kind of my point with the, with the, uh, what I was saying about going into camp as a first, second rounder is a lot different than going as a fifth or sixth. So if you're a late birthday, late bloomer, all those things, your every day is being the ninth rounder. 
going right. into going on the ice. It's mm-hmm. that hard every day. Whereas that first second round pick is like you've always been. So you imagine having the the mindset. So it could be frustrating, right? You just never know if you actually belong, right? You know, Dude, I, man, I that was me. I know that was know. exactly me because there was I always know. every team I played for <laughs> until I was sixteen when I played my midget year. Because. And there's two two things at play. One could be most of the good players were now gone because they moved on to a better level. That's one thing. When I when you play midget, it's not the highest level. But the other thing was I felt like I was. This was the first year where I was kind of caught up with yeah. everybody. Yeah. And before that, there was always somebody who was a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, yeah. a little bit faster. Yeah. Getting more opportunity. It, yeah. it felt like I was always the next guy in line. Yeah. You know, it was never my turn. Yeah. I was always next in yeah, line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it felt all through AAA. And when I started to get my first taste of, oh, like this feels nice to yeah. be the, a go-to kind of yeah. thing and feel like I'm, you know, in the mix for being one of the better players. And uh, that was exactly how I felt playing yeah. all the way up until I was into into junior. And then again, in junior, it happened again, right? Because I was I didn't get drafted. I was a, a guy that signed as a free agent, whatever, more or less. Went to Spitz camp, same thing. It's like, I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. Like everyone knows I'm not supposed to be here. It makes me feel like I'm a faker. It makes me feel like a, a fraud. They're filling, filling gaps because they need guys or whatever, you know? Yeah. But I talked to them and they were actually very interested. Well, whatever, but it's just the feeling. It's the, the mental feeling, right? And that's how, that's how it comes across. So yeah. question, not to distract you from your point. No, it's okay. Is, uh, so as a parent now, would you say, would you rather have your kid born late or early if you know all the things that you know now. So I'm late every day. You think so? See, because I would say early. No. I would say early as long as you can teach, you're still teaching them the the lesson. I love my son's position. You like it, eh? I do. Mm -hmm. I will take 100% a late birthday, late bloomer guy. 100%. Because the work, it's the work. You'll never, I, I don't know. But yeah, what if I'll you could be that. born? But if you could be born early and teach the work, though, right? So it's like it's like I was saying. Yeah, the point I was making yeah. earlier, right? If you're yeah. born in March, so now you have the benefit of the early development, like you were talking about before. Yeah. And as a, if you can be a good coach and a good parent with that kid, and be like, listen, yeah, man, see, like you're early, you're okay, early. Okay, so uh, okay, I'm gonna. I looked at another point of view. I still want him late. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because if he's playing. If he's playing midget this year instead of the OHL, minor midget this year, he he'll be there'll be a lot of talk about him. Mm-hmm. Goes to your head. Everything's that's a good point. Too. All this stuff that's, comes. That's an interesting you know what point. I really liked about it? I really, really like about it. The the late birthday thing is that he's always been a like a top guy, but there's always some doubt. Mm-hmm. Where does that doubt seep in? So it seeps into him. And what is what is the what does that doubt make him do? Either makes him work hard or quit. And I like that part. Yeah, I like the fact that he looks at somebody and he, and he goes, he's pretty good. I gotta. That's some of my competition. I gotta bust my balls. He doesn't realize. He, I don't care. He, th- he I can think say he's mature. Not mature enough to understand the difference. Right. When he sees a kid that's nine months older than him or ten months older than him, like essentially a year older than him, he's comparing him. He goes, they're the same age. Yeah. He that's pissing him off. Doesn't realize that if he's born three weeks later, he's a year younger. Hmm. So I like the fact that it's always in the back of his mind, like I gotta grind here. Yeah, and he grinds. So, so I'm gonna end that part and just because I'm, I just said about the grindy part. I just want to say, like, you never know who's gonna make this in, in hockey, anyways. And and late birthday, early birthday, like, obviously you could have the hardest working dude 
in the world born on January 1st and you could be the biggest and strongest but still be the hardest working guy. Yes. And you could have the complete opposite December baby that doesn't, that, you know, whatever. Yeah, no jam. Yeah. What we're saying here is you just never know who's going to make it. Right. You could be big. You could be small. Like the Yanny Gourd guy, late birthday, uh, never drafted. Mm-hmm. Like it, nothing's going your way. Small guy, but you mm-hmm. watch him play and he's hard. But the point, the, the, the other thing I wanted to say was, we talked about this with some kids the other day. You never know. So we're talking about that scrappiness, right? So why is it there's guys that, like, let me, uh, give me a, I'll give you a name here. Not drafted, undrafted players. Let me just pick one. Artemi Panarin was never drafted. So all these experts out there, Watched this guy for years, and they didn't think he was good enough to play in the NHL. Not seven rounds, not 200 and whatever players. No one thought he was good enough to play. He's a star. No one knows. That's my point is you might think that you know, but you don't know. Why is it that there's so many first-round picks that they – first-round picks get a lot of leash. They get their games. I got one on the wall there, right, that Mm -hmm. didn't play – played 14 games. Well, actually, another one right beside him. Hmm. Played 35, right? So you don't know. They're projected as first-round picks, best in the world, and they they don't make it. And then you got guys like Artemi Panero, Matt Zuccarello, Neil Pionk, Yanni Gord. There's Mark Giordano, a captain. He's been almost uh, probably 15 years now. Everyone said he wasn't drafted. That meant no one thought he could play in the National Hockey League, but he did. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you get guys that are drafted really high and they just don't pan out. So my point is, nobody knows who's going to make it. Connor McDavid, yes. Like Sidney Crosby, yes. But after that, there was that small percentage. Nobody knows. There's so many factors and there's yeah. so many reasons. And I was talking to some guys. You know, these are things to think about. <clears throat> when you're playing youth hockey, so my son, I'm going to use him as my example. So he gets drafted, and the book on him, right? The coaches expect him, and they what they saw was a power forward going into the next level. So what does a power forward mean? A power forward means that, especially a modern-day power forward, means that you are up and down the walls or whatever, like as a forward, you're finishing hits, you're, you're strengthening your power, is overpowering, over-muscling people, you're kind of rough and tough, and... You have a skill set to go play, with it. Yeah. You can make plays. You have an intelligence of the game. You you can score goals. It's a really neat thing. There's not a lot of – they're hard to find a good power forward, right? Like if you look at a Tom Wilson, the Kachuk brothers. Um, those Cass, are yeah. What's that? Cass. Cass is a power forward. They're hard to find because it's a different role. Okay. So, wow. You're a power forward, Charlie. You're, you, you, they want you as a power forward. We drafted this guy as a power forward, more or less. Okay, so when you do it in against fifteen year olds, there's this there's a thing that's called puberty and talent level. Okay, so at fifteen, if you're a good hockey player, like if you got the raw skills, that's one thing. So you can you get away with a little bit more. It's easier to be that power forward. So does that make sense so yep. far? If you happen to be bigger than the guys, and it's way easier because this is just the fact. In a in a in a midget minor midget team, a U sixteen, I think they call it now. You, it's not possible to have a bunch of superstars like top end guys on a team. You're going to have 
it starts falling off real quick. So some of the guys that you're power forwarding against, like if, if you're a D and I'm running you, and yeah. oh, if you're the third set of D, this is not a competition anymore. This is just I'm better than you and get out of my way, right? So easy to do in midget. Can you take that exact same thing and put that into, like, we'll call it the OHL now. Can you take that and do that in the OHL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just see. You ever heard of a guy named Arbor Jacki? He's six foot four, 215 pounds, and 20. You're 15. Oh, now that just sounds like words right now. Or, or Luca Profaka on Charlie's team. Big, six foot three, hits like a truck. Rough and tough. And there's other guys in the league. So now do you want to take, are you going to take that role? Because it sounds good on paper and in theory, but this is what I'm talking about in experience. I've been there. When you're going into a corner and you see Arbor Jackeye or another defenseman that's six foot five, four, mustache, big and strong, that going in that corner and being a power forward, well, you not, might not be the powerful one now. Right. And or you might have a, a, a hint of fear, or you might have a shit ton of fear. Or I'm not gonna are you gonna do it against Arbor or are you gonna do it against Profaka? Are you willing to go hard against him? Mm-hmm. Or one of the guys I train in Erie, uh Derek Tom or Ryan Thompson, he hits like a truck. Every time you go in that corner, it hurts, man. It, you you feel it. So now being the power forward, now it's a decision. So if you have the mental capacity, the hard work, and and um, all the shit to do that when you're 15 or 16 in, in a league where guys are older, okay, that's one thing. That's, that's good, but can you do it every time? Can you continue on? And that's where a lot of guys will go in there and think that they're something and then realize that they're not. So now if that, as we said, a power forward, if that comes, if that, if that goes away, now what? Where are you? What are you now? What do you have anything to offer me now? Are you super skilled? No, I guess you can't play in the league. See you later. Bye. Or maybe it'll take you a couple of years and you just you lost. Yeah, but this is where of, guys yeah. fall off, right? Yeah. Can you if you're if you're a fifty goal scorer in midget? Yeah, like I said, if you're playing for the Detroit Honey Baked or the Toronto Marlies, Toronto Junior Canadians, <coughs> the old fives were the Oakville Rangers, mm-hmm. and you go against and play against the Chatham Maroons or the uh, Sun County Panthers or the North Central Predators, the the talent pool is inferior. So mm-hmm. if you get seven points that game, did you get seven points, or you're, did the cast around you and the talent level get, get seven points? Okay, so now let's get drafted to the Niagara Ice Dogs, who are kind of like the last place team right now, and you're going in there as their first second round pick, and they want you to be a goal scorer. Can you do it now? Yeah, no oh. help. That's what I mean. And Profaka's oh, coming to get you. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. now you're stepping in. Okay, guys are 13, four, uh, or three, four, five years older than you're stepping in. And like now when you're not scoring the goals, because you're not. I mean, Callum Ritchie is, I think, probably the best player that came out of this draft offensively in Oshawa. And he's getting putting points up, but he's not getting 50 goals. Right. He look, looks really good, but it's like you're not. Yeah. So now what can you play? So when you don't get the goals this year, what's your attitude? What what happens? If you're not the player that you jumped out of midget with, can you do that role? It's a hard-hitting D, the same thing, right? Are you going to hit that big power forward Tom Wilson coming down on you? Are you going to do that? You're going to clear guys out in front of the net even though you're giving up 25 pounds. 
Because and 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 because if you can do it when you're young, and the weakest, the smallest dog in the fight, right? And we're the late bloomer guy, like that. The stack dogs, the cards are stacked against you. If you can do it then, then 17, 18, 19 years old, as you put on weight and stuff, then you're gonna be a star. Yeah. But here's the problem. Then there's the next level. So even though like you can do like let's go back to power forward, even though let's say you did it in junior you're still going back to a watered down world because now when you go in the NHL and you play every D, not every D, most D are as tough as the toughest guys you went in junior with. Mm -hmm. So every time you go into a battle, it's hard. The forwards are bigger and it's just, you're repeating that process over and over. Yeah. So it's a funnel thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no one knows who's going to make it because like, how does, how does a guy like Yanni Gord, like, and, and I'm being very sincere. I played with a guy, Tiger Chironi. I mentioned him several times. What made him decide that he could be a, like not afraid of anything ever, mm-hmm. ever? Steve Ott, right? He was a guy yeah. that just went in. I asked him about it. And he goes, it's "People bluff." He, but but there's something about that person that won't be denied, right? No, and you can't. Me- that's you can't measure the will. That's the yeah. that's the intangible, right? Yeah. That's why what your kind of your point is. Yeah. You know, so you, you just measure. don't know. So you can look and say, "Nah, I I, I have the talent, I have the skills." You don't know. Right, you don't know who's going to make it. That's why the work boots have to be on, and all the things that we say, like if this is something that you choose to do, like getting your education paid for is no small feat, right? OHL or college education, but if this is that and beyond, playing the NHL, if this is actually something that you choose to do, this goes both ways. People can tell you you can't. You know, you've never been a star. You've never done this. You never did this, but. No one could tell you that. You don't know who's going to make it. And if you have the mental makeup and the heart and soul to just do the job, there's a lot of guys that won't. And then if you just have talent and you don't have that, you know, sometimes talent wins though, and it'll give, you, it'll give you a shot. But it doesn't last if you don't have the work ethic, typically. There's yeah. a small percentage. So the guys that have talent and think that they're just going to make it on talent, it's a really, really hard fall yeah you know what i mean yeah for sure i think that whole last little spiel you did that's the that's the way to parent and coach it too yeah right? that's what you say that's yeah. whether whether you got the november birthday kid or you got the january birthday kid it should be the same message either way no one knows yeah so you better make sure you have all yeah. the all the cards going in your favor there right that's what i told my kid going into this i said like yeah it's it's you you hit hard and you do a lot of that stuff and i said but not but no, understand what comes with that Right? Understand. Because yep. what comes with being a power forward is you're throwing hits. Well, he's out on Friday. Had to answer. Yeah. Went, had a shift where he blew two guys up, and then yeah. somebody comes after him. Yeah. And you no choice, man. You, you have, have no to, choice. This is your job. You, ch- you chose to do this. Yes, thank so, you. I don't, I don't want to talk about my kid. Right? No, and, and, but, but that's, that's it. what I saw watching. Mm-hmm. So, so think about, so he's playing his the role that he's supposed to play. He goes and finishes one guy off in the corner. Then finishes another guy open ice right after, yeah. and someone's coming after you, yeah. and, and you, now you're you're gassed. Yeah, you just ran around for a minute and a half. You hit two guys, yeah. and you have to answer the bell. What are you going to skate away? You're going to keep <laughs> your gloves right. on and skate away. You're not allowed to do that. That's right. Because now now no, there's a dent. Now there's a there's a hole in the armor that yeah. we just found. Yeah. You know, so whatever the whatever the role is, but but yeah, if you're mom and dad, or if you're coach or whatever, yeah, for with your little kids and you're trying to teach them some of this stuff, that whole last 15 minute talk you just gave, like that's, that's the talk, you know, you gotta, 
got to see where you're at. If you're late, know you're late, develop anyways. And if you're early, you got to know you're early and you got to make sure you don't let, maybe if yeah. you're having an easier time, you don't let that uh, yeah. keep you from developing those other parts. If you're on a really good team, that's another good point when you were talking there. If you're on a really good team and you go around smacking every team that you guys play against, well, no, it's not going to be like that because soon you're going to have to be the go-to guy by yourself because if you're yeah. that good and you go to a team that's not very good because yeah. that's what the draft is about, yeah. now you have to do it without that. So that's what are you right. going to do then? And you know, these are yeah, just so. little lessons. A lot of people, they won't have heard the information before. You know, if you're a 14-year-old and you dominate your league or dominate on your team or whatever, they might, you might have never heard, hey, it gets harder than this. So make yeah. sure you're ready. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a good message to give if you're mom and dad especially. Yeah, 100%. So I think I'm good with that. Do you have anything else you want to finish? No, I'm good. I'll get to go. Okay, go. Bye, everyone.